Well, Isla, how you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I'm doing good, bro. Um, I'm not from the Valley, so uh, this is really cool to finally be talking to two Valley guys. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody's been wanting a long time. <laughs> yeah. it's old american pastime <laughs> when's the last time i saw you uh the comedy store I was yeah on your man show. when was yeah, that man. december yeah you man like, i can't remember when december was right when things were the before time you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but you're holding up good what area are you in then man i'm in echo park oh okay Jeez, you're still yeah. in the thick of it so we, we, we live in an area where people are still somewhat spread apart mm-hmm. and keeping well, their social distance. So, so none of you guys are like meeting. I mean, I'm, do you guys have girlfriends? Or are you guys like, uh, like, how are you guys handling that department? My left's <laughs> and my right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Switch it off every other day. Oh, well, well, yeah, I got to keep the arm strength up. Otherwise, it just look like a freak when I come out of uh, quarantine. Yeah, we're about to have some thick-ass forearms, player. Like, yeah. we're going to have... I'm going to be able to fucking grab the shit out of somebody. You remember that I'm on- looking at TikTok videos. People's forearms are fucking huge, dude. I'm like, everybody's <laughs> just being their meat. Jeez. It's funny. So, Brandon um, has a prostitute um, addiction. <laughs> Oh, I thought he just has a prostitute and that's it. Well, no, no, no. He's got, it's, it's a habit that he has. You know, look at him. He looks okay. like a donkey uh, is currently barfing at a, a, a drowned raccoon. That's yeah. his beard. I thought he was Rob Zombie, so I was excited. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, fucking Dave again. Yo, look at that laugh, that doughy face of his. Looks like somebody, like, opened up a couple cans of Play-Doh, just jammed it together and, like, stuck it on his shoulders, and that's his face. Just smushed it in all the weird spots. Yeah, yeah, I look like your guys' intern. Like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm doing all this the is tech, tech work. Company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, come into my office real quick. Uh, instead of paying you, we're going to give you stocks in the company. Okay, good. As long as I have any stock, my family in India, they'd appreciate. <laughs> oh, man. So, Paul, that uh, the show that we did together, the, um, the low-key upset, that's a that was a fun concept. Do you miss doing that? Yeah, man. I mean, I I just really wanted to have a place where I can just riff mm-hmm. and just let loose and have fun because a lot of the Hollywood clubs, man, you just feel like you need a showcase sometimes and you got to do your best shit and oftentimes it's you know, if it's sold out crowd, I'm not going to be on some let me try some new shit energy. Right. You know, so I feel like Loki Upset was like my uh, boxing gym. You know, I can like go there and just fuck around and have a good time. So I would say that show is was the one place that I can really go to and just like have a good time, man, and just yeah, yeah, have friends on and just riff and not a lot. So sometimes, like even if it's not hilarious, I like don't care because I'm having a good time and then eventually you just get that in that habit of just being you. So it was really cool. And I mean, I obviously do miss it, but you know, I I'm trying to find other avenues instead of just being in like this depression state and being like, fuck, it's all gone and I can't do this anymore. I'm just trying to find new ways to put my energy and uh, masturbation has definitely <laughs> taken a step up in the, it's good but, to do yeah, a man. video podcast with a couple of Valley Boys. Yeah. Between B-O-Y-Z. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I like about that show is the so the comics go up and they do 10, 15 minutes of new material or whatever they're low-key upset about. And then uh, you and the host come on and you guys with the comic and you guys all just riff for a while. And to me, that was that was the best part. Um, mm-hmm. And the audience gets into it. It's 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 great uh mo collins was on that show so oh dude she I went was... up right after her i went up after her and that was she the best part of the whole show was you guys riffing with her and she was just on fire she just lit yeah. the room just flamed through everybody it was awesome yeah man mo collins is a beast and just I didn't know how it was going to translate because I do know a lot of sketch people that do stand up comedy and sometimes it just doesn't flow as well, but she was just on this riff and 
talking about her gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you, yeah. And it was, it was just, it was amazing to watch. Like even the host, like, cause sometimes we want to jump in and like tag yeah. something someone says, but uh, it was like, no, we just got to let her go. Just let her. Yeah, exactly. And she was talking, people were shouting out whatever, and she's just taking it to a different level. It was like, that's, that is where the sketch would sketch comedy slash improv would translate really well into standup. Mm-hmm. Cause you're right. Usually it doesn't, you don't know really. And sketch comedies hardly ever funny as to begin with compared to stand up. But you get someone like Mo Collins who who is, you know, obviously for a very long time on top of that, very good at it. And she was on she was on what, Mad TV? Mm-hmm, among other yeah. Like that's 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 as good as it's gonna get. And when you see it in stand up form, especially in that unique medium where it combines the two, like uh, like on low key upset, it was you don't see that ever. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So hopefully oh, that gets that gets up soon. Yeah, bro. I mean, hold on. I gotta plug in my charger. Holy <laughs> shit. Yo, can we take a two second break? Hang on. Yeah, let's pause. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back. Got your charger yes. in. We are back, guys. The charger is in. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of technical glitches, obviously. Uh, also, I found out how to do this. I could be a woman. <laughs> what? <No. laughs> Let's add some diversity to this motherfucker. <laughs> Need to hop on chat roulette with that. <laughs> just, like, just like halfway through randomly, like kind of glitch it, you know, like turn it off and then right back on again. And, yeah. mm-hmm. No, I'm going to, I'm going to hit on a guy like this and be like, actually I'm a fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> man that's uh you don't don't be doing that playing that game during the quarantine you know because people be like well can you just go back to that for a minute yeah Yeah. he 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 does have pretty lips i will say it matches your facial expressions and everything (laughs) (laughs) i noticed you're wearing a detroit tigers hoodie is that your team yeah man i'm all about detroit bro is that where you're from yeah, Detroit, Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a Tigers uh, fan too. But just, yeah, you 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 grew up in Canada, know. right? Yeah. Yeah, but not not in the Windsor area because a lot of Windsor people are Tigers fans because they go to the games a lot. I just happen to like the Tigers. I don't know since I was a kid. I'm a, I'm big into cats. Um, so the, I Tiger just that's probably it because they they were always the shitty team growing up. Which is why in 2006, when they made it to the World Series, uh, I thought this was it. Finally, years of suffering, and then they lost to the Cardinals. And then 2012, all right, here we go. Lost to the Giants. Yeah. And then it's just, I don't, they barely made the playoffs since then. So, so, so you like cats, huh? Love Tigers? Em. Well, I mean, not so much the big cats. I'm not like Dave Exotic here. Like Brandon will try to make you think. But uh, I, I, I do love my cats. If I had... 10 of them and they could go to the bathroom outside uh, that'd be perfect <laughs> would you ever get like a bobcat like a small one if it was uh really small and docile because bobcats are pretty small as it is and they're pretty vicious ferocious beasts um yeah. so if it was like the size of like a like a gerbil maybe a maybe a large hamster i would i'd get a bobcat yeah <laughs> basically a large hamster with bobcat energy yeah, exactly. They got those huge ears and they're shaped yeah. like triangles. I love that. I don't want to think about cats right now because I'll just go off onto that. Well, well, dude, I was going to ask you like what you thought of Tiger King. Like, I don't know if you've talked about it already. Oh yeah, we've we've <laughs> we've been we've been nonstop talking about it. It's it's the best documentary ever made. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure right. Dave jizzed in his pants at least three times per episode minimum. No, no, I didn't like seeing the tigers all locked up, man. I see that like that's not where they belong. They're not someone's pet, you know, but it's it's the best documentary ever because Joe is hilarious. Oh I mean, he's God, a piece he's of so shit funny. scumbag, but he's the funniest person. He married two straight guys. How do you fuck up <laughs> twice? <laughs> you know well, what I mean? It's just like you found them on Grinder. Like where? Like how does that work? Where and and both those dudes, basically, from my understanding, they kind of just married him for like because of his shelter. And right. money and drugs. Right. They were lost lost boys 
you know, and he's this uh, Tiger King. He's got the he's got the a little shit shack for them to live in. He's got uh, some food for them to eat, whatever falls off the truck at Walmart. And he's got a lot of pet cats. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot better than living on the street for these guys, I guess. Yeah. The ultimate gay for pay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like real, a man. sport, it seemed like. He's like $32 a day. All the tigers you can pet and all the meth you want to do. Uh, you just you have to sleep with me. <laughs> yeah, just one side deal here. Uh, yeah. When the lights go out, you're mine. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know, man. Like, like when that one kid... Um, like one of the guys got out, the one with messed up teeth. Mm-hmm. He ended up yeah. marrying a woman. Yeah, he was having an affair with the secretary. Classic, classic case there. But classic he was—he was never gay. That was the thing. He was just like he was roped in at a very young age, very impressionable. Fell for the Tiger King. Went off and on. And yeah, when he got back out, he went back to his regular lady loving life. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that conversation had to have come up in some way. Like, he's probably hooking up with him. And he goes, listen, do you like it when I have sex with you? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Clearly, like, at some point, he, like, he, Joe Exotic had to have known that he's not into it or he's not gay. Because, like, I just don't see him. Because then that means he's basically faking orgasms. Right. You know, Which yeah. It's pretty hard for a guy to do. i've never faked an orgasm man i mean i've been tired before and like i've like stopped mid uh intercourse Mm -hmm. to just be like i'm tired yeah like (laughs) you're not like all right here we are crossing the finish line you're just like okay uh so i'm done but how does that work though like when you're a guy and doing it like if a woman does it it's almost you know, expected stereotype, but like, how do the women react when that happens? I don't know. Like, I feel like if a guy were to fake an orgasm, like it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, there's no evidence with a woman because a woman will like orgasm and like nothing will happen and nothing will come out. And I'm always suspicious of that. I'm like, something had to have happened. Like nothing happened. Like you didn't change anything. (laughs) But then if a dude does it, obviously, you know, there's evidence. How do they react? Like if you if you stop like mid mid sex and you're just like oh, I'm tired. I just I, I can't do it tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just like a, yeah. They're like it's okay. It's fine. Do you do you want a sandwich? <laughs> I'm like no no. I want a new person. That's what I want. Well, you know if you if you practice safe sex like a responsible person, you can uh, fake it. And just be like, okay, I'm finished. Oh, don't you don't want to look in there, you know? Because nobody's yeah, gonna be like, hey, let me see. What if, like, <laughs> what if she goes, Brandon, get back here? <laughs> she's like, you paid for this. I'm gonna make sure you get your money's worth. No, no, I'm just kidding about that. Brandon doesn't use protection when he when he uh, sleeps with sex workers. Yeah, isn't that right, Brandon? Yeah, on, on occasion, if I can get away with it, I'll do it. Oh, okay. Like, do you, do you ask for to see documentation from them? Like, <laughs> like, hey, are do your disease free? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we we go through all that too. You know, same thing. Like, I have I have paperwork too. Like, they want to see if I've been tested since last time and all that. So, it, it, that's the crazy thing. Like, you would think that a prostitute would be like the prime place to pick up a, a venereal disease, but you're more than likely to pick one up uh, with a chick at the bar than, than you would a than you would a prostitute. Well, you heard it here on the Valley Boys, folks. Oh, yeah, that's science. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's their job. So yeah, it's, it's, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's like their job, so like they have to take care of that area. Yeah, exactly. Like STDs and pregnancies uh, are, are bad for business, so. <laughs> Even for non-prostitutes. It's also well, bad for business. Yeah, yeah, for most people. There's there's a lot of people that, that, that I've seen that uh uh yeah, they, they don't need to be running around with kids and uh I'm pretty sure at least half of them have STDs. Yeah, you talking about prostitutes or just regular people? Uh regular people. <laughs> yeah. Dude dude, you know like like so many more people are getting tested for coronavirus than STDs, and like if people were as anywhere near as careful. <laughs> With STDs that were coronavirus, there'd be so much less disease. Yeah, but that requires people keeping it in their pants. And if there's one thing that uh, 
it's just about humanity, the fact that we're all still here. We can't keep it in our pants. It's not going to happen. What's, what's next after the quarantine? What do you got planned going on for that? Man, <clears throat> I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know how live events are going to change. Mm-hmm. And I mean, n- this is not a new theory, but a lot of people have been talking about how people are, there are some people that are already germaphobes. So there's going to be another new class of germaphobes. And mm-hmm. there's going to be people that are already, they don't want to touch things. And now there's people that don't want to go outside. And I don't know how that's going to affect comedy. So, I mean, for me, I just figured once I'm able to go out, I'm obviously going to get tested first and see if I have the antibodies. Because if I have the antibodies, that'd be dope. Yeah, when are they going to test us for that? I don't know, man. They should send tests in the mail. I was hoping they would send it in the mail. or There's a big problem. It's it's become political. It's it's an issue where, well, who's responsible for sending them? Is it the state or is it the federal government? And everybody's blaming each other. And uh, you're looking at the numbers, right? Like in California – in the hard numbers, we have the same amount of cases as somewhere like Pennsylvania, despite having a way higher population. But we, we, when you look at the hard numbers of the, the amount of tests right now, it's like something like 700,000. It'll change by the time this is uploaded. But right now there's 700,000 cases in the U S roughly 350 million population. Sounds like, you know, decent odds. However, only 4 million people have been tested. So that's like one in five people tested have it, you know? So the first thing they have to do is test everybody or test if you have the antibodies. Like they say, another theory going around is in California, we have some kind of herd immunity or whatever, where it's almost like a vaccine where we've all either had it or some variation of it. And maybe we got over it already. Cool theory, but let's get the testing going. Yeah, man, that's, that's key. So I I think I'm just kind of, I'm taking it day by day. Like it's hard to plan shit because I try to plan shit because I thought things were going to be over during Easter. Mm. So, and then I found out that now we're talking about end of May and then, you know, beginning of June, we shall see. But my plan is I'm just going to make up like once we know for a fact that we're going to reopen and things are going to go back to normal, then I'm going to try to formulate a plan. But like in the meantime, I'm just editing and writing and keeping busy, keeping busy, man. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to release an album at some point and I'm just like, fuck, I wish I would have been thinking of that earlier because now would be a perfect time to release an album and that's what i might do because I've, I've been sitting on one for over two years i recorded an album i tried to shop it around to get it uh someone to pick it up and i want to translate that into a special right but uh you run into the whole well what does it actually look like you know we can we can hear it it's, uh, we like the but yeah show us the video of that and when did this is 30 drop Oh, so interesting. That that came out early February of 2018. And I did that as an experiment to see if I could actually sell albums or not. So I already had the album, the stand-up album. It's still just sitting there ready to go. And I put out an album of four prank phone calls. And it's shitty. They're not good. They're not funny. I don't do characters. It's stupid. And I called it I'm 30 because, you know, 30 years old making prank phone calls. And... It, it sold really well. Yeah. And uh, that's in week after week because I just kept spamming it out on the internet. Hey, buy my stupid album. And I retweet myself and all that garbage. Pin tweet, you know. And, and, it, and it, it, the top albums of 2018, not in quality, but in terms of actual sales, it's, yeah. it's right up there. And so I use that as leverage when I'm trying to pitch my other album, the stand-up album, the real album, to you know different companies looking to gain content for for stand-up and uh didn't get any nibbles on that but i did for for audio albums i had two different bigger companies um say yeah okay we'll give you we'll make a deal with you but we get to keep uh half of the royalties forever and we're really not going to do anything to promote it and i said well i could pretty much do that on my own as it is so I either give up half my money and have the prestige of being on associated with this company or keep all the money for myself. And so I just haven't made a decision yet, but I might drop it during the quarantine, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you thinking about doing any more like prank calls? Like, would you do like a, this is 30 part two? I might. Yeah. Do a, I'm 35, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, 
see prank calls are a weird thing they they were big in the 90s you know everybody was into that then and they never people that liked them still like them and they they tell me that they enjoyed the album they bought it and they liked it but i like i, I don't want to be that prank call guy you know right right that's why I, there's only four on there when i have dozens of them recorded and mm-hmm. uh it's funny before i had other ones out just online on uh you know Bandcamp or whatever and i got two different prank two different calls the person emailed me being like i'm suing you because that's me you motherfucker and i was like oh shit so you got to be really careful about hey yet you can't call anybody and record it unless you're in nevada um oh so in nevada you got to call just a bunch of nevada numbers you, well you got to be in nevada because they they allow oh. one way one way uh recording so that means you can record somebody on the phone without them knowing and it's perfectly legal there in california uh. you can't you have to tell them just so you know, this call's being recorded. And, you know, you're For not going to do assurance. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, Can you say you're in Nevada and just call someone from California? It, see, that's, that's another... Um, I'm not going to get into it too much on how I got away with it, but I got away with it both times. And was I in Nevada? By all intents and purposes, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's, there's ways ass. around that. That's all I'm going to say is that there's ways around everything. And... Yeah. Uh, but it was crazy. a lot of prostitutes in Nevada. Oh, yeah, yeah, Brandon, you just you you went there a couple months before the before the lockdown with old man Dick Rivers. Fucking oh, hate yeah. that guy. So we had a guy on the podcast like very old early on. Old man Dick Rivers. That's his name. Well, or Shitty Dick. He's this guy shitty from Winnipeg. Dick? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was chanting his own name when he when he visited uh, uh, L.A. We went to the Rainbow Room and he's pounding the tables yelling Shitty Dick. He's just this old fucking loser. He was a radio DJ in the 90s, thinking he's Howard Stern, getting kicked off the air, that kind of thing. Um, he, he owned a club, and he hired me to perform at it, said he's going to give me 300 bucks. This is in 2011. To headline? Um, yeah, no, to or be the a- only performer there. Oh, and dope, also, yeah, yeah. To, to be clear, it was in a band. It wasn't stand-up. It was uh, uh, playing in a band. And then at the last minute, he's like, I'm not paying you shit. And so I made a big deal about it, and to this day – He's he's slowly paying off that three hundred dollars, uh, in in various chores and whatever. But he came to Winnipeg and we just, or sorry, came to L.A. and we had this huge fight on the podcast about whether or not I took a shit on his stage, which he says I did, which I didn't. That's ridiculous. But him and Brandon had become best friends and they go to Vegas together and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and not one prostitute was hired. Oh uh, well, well, Dick got one. I was I was passed out, completely fucking obliterated, drunk. Like, there's a whole story there too that, uh, like, Dick knows all the details. We got to have him uh, on the podcast to tell that. But uh, yeah, the last time I was there, like, I woke up in the morning. There was there was there was puke in a couple different places. Apparently, I pissed in the bathtub or something at some point during the night. Like, I was Good. fucking wrecked. Good. Good. Fuck shitty dick. He owes me $300. <laughs> well, what, well, where is he at right now in his debt? Like, what has he done for you? He just bought beers here and there. But uh, for anybody in Winnipeg, if you need some chores done around the house, some yard work, right now they still need snow shoveling, get Dick Rivers on that, and I'll knock a couple bucks off his debt. Because there's interest, <laughs> right? There's interest. It's been nine years. Nine years. Yeah, man. That, that, Nine years, like, three hundred dollars. Yeah, now he owes eight thousand dollars. That's how the banks work, right? <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm confused, man. So so he did he pay for the prostitutes? No, uh, he he got a prostitute after I left, man. I was fucking wrecked. I I, I couldn't even do anything. Yeah, because I'm sure he has some money. It's like three hundred dollars in eight years. Yeah, like he doesn't want to pay. Should it. be able. Yeah, yeah. Man, well, remind me never to do business with shitty dick. Yeah, anyone named Shitty Dick, don't do business with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what, what was the other one? Big Duke Spagoot? <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Well, I don't know, man, but this guy sounds uh, – I'd love to see a picture of this guy. So if you, if you could text me one. Yeah, yeah, he looks exactly what you would think. And just yesterday he was trying to call me uh, on Facebook. And it's the most obnoxious thing when you call someone on Facebook. Your phone. Just I'm never answering any Facebook shit. calls. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to figure out how to decline it. And then he, he keeps calling. And so I text him, STOP, in all caps. And then he goes, LOL. 
And then 20 minutes later, he goes, oh, really? Question mark. I'm like, yeah, don't fucking don't call me. <laughs> Maybe he want to give you his money back or give you your money back. Yeah, yeah, that's not it, though. You don't get a call from Shitty Dick with him offering money. No one named yeah. Shitty Dick does that. Hey, yeah. answer your phone. And no, you know what it is? He's calling because he wants to get back on the show. He's, he, he likes it, and, and that's great that he supports us and everything. But, uh, you know, he, he, we did it at my house. And he came to my house, and it was just weird having him there. I wouldn't let him in the house, just in the backyard, like a dog. Because he's, he's threatening to take a shit on everything, because he says, I did that on his stage, which never happened. So, 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 so he, he thinks you actually pulled your pants down and took a shit. Yes, that's correct. He has a whole story about that, and he's like, it looked like a little puzzle piece, and you took a shit on my stage. And, and that's what he's been telling everybody in Winnipeg for the last nine years. He's like, oh, Dave took a shit on my stage. And half of the people are like, okay, maybe, I don't know. And it's like, no, no, no human being would do that. And like I said before, there was a, there was a guy in the band who was going through a public defecation phase where he'd kind of do that in the streets. You know how it public works. Defecation phase? Yeah, yeah. Every band has had a member that's had, a, had somebody do, do that. You know, you're oh, just yeah. like, and you know, like that's how it goes. Yeah, but, I'm, but I, I actually, asked, yeah, I used to be part of a gospel group. And uh, one of Detroit? the guys had a... Yeah, one of the guys, our, our jazz musician, he had a big, big problem with shitting on the stage. I'm like, you can't shit before we get into our hymns. Right? This is a song from Jeremiah. Chapter, uh, God damn it, Steve. In front of the audience. Man, them gospel bands. Um, so does, does that mean that you, uh, are you a religious man, Paul? I would say I am, man. Like I, I was re- raised Catholic and then I started like open my mind up to like other religions and just the idea of like humanity and how we got here. I have a, a, a theory that there's obviously a creator and, you know, I have my own theories on spirituality, but I'm definitely very open-minded to a lot of other religions, but I'm also aware of some of the hypocrisy in a lot of them. So I don't want to act like they don't exist. Okay, so you're a normal religious person, like most people that are religious. Uh, they, they are like that. But you're not one of those guys that say, okay, my beliefs need to be woven into law and public policy. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think we all have free will. So I think we all do what it is that we want. But I just kind of focus on me. Mm-hmm. And I just try to lead by example. Like if people ask me, oh man, you know, I like this outlook you have on this. And, you know, I'll like tell people where it comes from, but I, I'm never trying to sell my ideas to anybody. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's how it should be for any, for anything. I'm not religious and I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Hey Paul, like abandon your, abandon all that and join the, join this side where it's, it's, it's about nothing. You know, uh, you die yeah, and shit on stages. It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Exactly. There's no law. <laughs> the world is a the world is a stage. They say. Then, but if you're in Winnipeg, the world's a toilet. <laughs> Yo, did you hear about the the guy that pastor that was asking people to give him their stimulus check? Oh yeah, the dude in uh, Georgia, of course. Yeah, man. Yo, that was wild. The guy basically made this Instagram video telling everybody to give them their money. <laughs> it's like, the fuck are you talking about, bro? It's, it's crazy because they, they have enough of that money and they're not paying taxes on it. And uh, it, it wasn't the same dude, but that Kenneth Copeland guy, the, the richest pastor in America, he's still, yeah, telling people to donate the money. He's like, just because you have no income doesn't mean you can't give us, can't give us the money. And he's healing people through the camera. You know, okay, now you're free of that coronavirus. And uh, giving someone a Zoom healing. Yeah, he he did that, man. He did that, and and people buy into that shit. They're like, all right, here's my money. That's a dude. Oh, so you remember a a few months ago? I think Brandon, maybe we talked about this on the last pod, but uh, a few months ago, he he said that he needs to take private jets. He can't fly commercial because they do all that sin and drinking, and there's these bad people on the commercial flights, and it's a quote unquote tube full of demons. (laughs) Man, I love that. Yeah, we did talk about that, Brandon. Yeah, I think he's yeah, talking about people that that are in coach. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. It's a tube full of demons. I love that, man. That's that to me is the greatest uh and we talked about that. It's Spirit Airlines is a tube full of demons. That's their that's their slogan. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean he's I, not he's not wrong, but you know. Well, have you ever flown know, Spirit? You know what, bro? I have flown Spirit. The the first plane I ever got on in my life was a Spirit flight. I was 24. And then I flew, no, I was 23, and I flew from Detroit to Los Angeles. Like, the first time I ever got on a plane was to come to L.A. Mm -hmm. So I just thought all flights were, like, spirit. Yeah, just, just really shitty. You have, a, an, uh, like, a cell phone-sized tray in front of you. Um, there's no emergency exits. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. If it goes down, we all die. The, the, the pilot, I remember the pilot forgot to give announcements. Like, and then, and then why we're on takeoff, he was like, oh, hey, uh, by the way, uh, and then he started like, giving announcements, like, as we're taking off. <laughs> and I was like, what's that supposed to be? Like, Sorry, this guy forgot the, his uh, lines. Got by the airport bar on the way in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was nervous, bro. I remember, and I came during All-Star Weekend. So I remember in, around me was just a bunch of, like, hot girls just, like, all uh, flying into L.A., and they didn't appear to be buying their own flights. Oh, okay. So I was like, yo, your boyfriend got you a spirit flight. <laughs> <laughs> it's Listen, more money you, for, to, for the hotel buffet the next day, you know? Yeah, she goes, but we're united, him and I. <laughs> just not in the air. But, oh, whatever. You did. Yeah, like man. every single one of these airlines, I've flown on all of them. And th they all suck. But with Spirit Airlines, I went to New York City and back for 250 bucks. I mean, have you ever flown private? No. What about you, Brandon? Oh God, never. No. Have I, you? Just... No, never. Never, never flown private. The, the the closest I ever been to flying private is one time I was in Greece with my brothers, and we were basically it's it's like a sixteen hour flight, and I felt like I was in a cage, and I we upgraded to first class and it was $900 to upgrade to first class. And my brother was like, fuck it. Let's just do it, bro. I, I can't do this. The, sorry. It was a mid flight upgrade or it was mid flight upgrade. upgrade. Wow. And for $900. Yeah. And then they gave us a $300 flight voucher each. So really it was 600. Still, man, I would have suffered through it like a sardine. And kept yeah. that $600. Is that man, what you are? Are you a Greek man? No, I'm a Middle Eastern though. I'm Assyrian. Oh, okay. Uh, good thing you got in already, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was just—I was going to say that. You see this? Uh, I was just showing this um, this 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 tweet that Trump Jr. was saying about Syrian refugees. He said, and this is during the campaign in 2016. He's like, uh, okay, so if you have a, a bowl full of Skittles and I told you three of them will kill you, would you still take a handful? That's the Syrian refugee crisis. So he's saying that, like, if we let them in, they're just going to kill us. And they, and they still won. Right, yeah. I, I just love how he's comparing Syrians to Skittles. Like right, that's, yeah. <laughs> Let's say you have a bunch of now and laters, right? <laughs> let's say you have a bunch of mambas. <laughs> the fuck is his analogy bro this guy's going to 7-eleven <laughs> he's like uh, prob I, probably yeah on his way to mcdonald's yeah that's well, a 600 well, upgrade well <laughs> you know man like a lot of a lot of the refugees that come to this country like a lot of them are they come here with nothing and a lot of them are desperate but at the same time like anyone in in desperate measures does things you know like as far as like doing things in like and I'm assuming he's talking about terrorism. I'm assuming he's talking about Syrian refugees will come to America and they will commit acts of violence. Mm -hmm. that's I'm sure that's saying. what he's, I'm sure that's what he's referencing. But the thing is like, whether you let them in or not, if someone wants to commit violence, they're going to find a way. It's sort of like someone says, you know, if you take away guns, people, you, you'll never end the desire that people want to kill others. That desire will never stop, whether you stop guns, but then people just find ways to stab motherfuckers to death or throw shooting stars like fucking 
the whoever does that the ninjas <laughs> i'm middle <Yeah>. eastern ninjas <laughs> yo getting get, someone throwing a shooting star is fucking scary i mean no I shit a, yeah good at that yeah um we had this guy make shooting stars in high school in the welding class and that kid uh you know he was allowed back at the school for a little while after that <laughs> yeah yeah gr- great security from the school <laughs> yeah and that was before all this mass shooting shit and it was in canada where uh we we only went on lockdown once because there was a moose in the yard a moose in the yard yeah there was a moose in the schoolyard so the school was like oh we got to go on lockdown because you don't fuck with those moose you know yeah man they'll rip you I apart they'll trample you they're huge people people hit them with their cars and the moose doesn't even fall over yeah, the moose will fuck up the car, and the, and the moose will the moose will pound his chest and keep walking. <laughs> That's right. But in regards to people will find a way to commit violence, I agree with that. But the difference is, they don't have with the with the shooting stars. It's really hard to kill sixty people at one time, or twenty nine people, or twenty three people, or forty one people um, with with a with a shooting star. Whereas these these guns that people can get, obviously they can do that. And there's a whole question of self-defense. Maybe they need weapons of that caliber for self-defense, but it's, it's, it hasn't been shown yet where someone has killed 60 people at once in self-defense. But it has been he, used the other way around. Yeah, the, the only person that's killed 60 people in self-defense is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. But, like, aside <laughs> from that... Yeah. But he didn't use any guns. Oh, yeah, that's right. He didn't use any guns. <laughs> Brandon and I met that dude, or not? We didn't meet him, but he was in the. Or John Wick, then John Wick killed fucking thousands of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've only seen the previews, but therefore I've seen the movie. You know. Oh, bro, John Wick three, you gotta watch it. Yeah. Oh, I'm telling you. (laughs) Well, you know, I got all this time on my hands. Maybe I'll think about it. I'll use that time to think about watching that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just to to lay your thumbs. But man, like, like I was thinking about like what happened in Vegas, like that guy who shot all those people from his hotel room, like during that country music festival. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like you're, I think we're worried about the wrong problem, you know? And so oftentimes a lot of people will ask like my take on Middle Eastern immigration because the Middle East is stigmatized with the hub of terrorism and violent acts and people wanting to commit terrorism, which there's evidence to prove that claim. But then there's evidence to say, yeah, well, the real problem is, I think, domestic terrorism that happens within the country. You know, that happens within America. Like, there are more shootings happen within America by citizens than by foreigners. So it's like, yeah, so, 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 you know, you people, and and again, it's kind of like the thing about God, you know, people kind of pay attention to whatever details work for them. Like Trump Jr., what works for him is this Skittle analogy saying that, yeah, but there's a potential that three of these people could be bad, even though they may all seem well. And it's like, yeah, bro, welcome to America. Welcome to someone going in trying to buy a gun. Looks like a great person, clean record, nothing wrong with them. They buy an AR-15 and then now they killed 15 people. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. Like these, these are all, they're all good guys with guns until they're not. And, mm. and that's just, that's beyond the people that, that commit murder, um, on purpose. There are a ton of these accidental shootings all the time by quote unquote responsible gun owners. Same thing. Everyone's a responsible gun owner until someone's accidentally shot. And they, they all say the same thing. Like, I can't believe it happened to me. And it's like, well, you're all responsible owners until somebody else fucks up with your shit. And I'm not the overwhelming vast majority of gun owners are very responsible with them. Uh, I've seen it with my eyes. I've seen someone's guns in a bolted down safe, you know, and, and, and and it's like, okay, responsible owner. That's great. But not everybody's like that. People keep them in their mattress. People keep them, whatever, put them in their sock when they're going to, when they're, when they're going to pick up groceries and it's like, okay, if you're a sock gun guy, yeah. (laughs) If you're a sock gun guy, you're probably not storing it like uh, responsibly all the time and whatever. I'm not sock saying gun. that people shouldn't have guns and shouldn't have self-defense guns. I'm just saying maybe you don't need a gun capable of killing 60 people at once in the name of self-defense. Like Yo, a shotgun I, will do just as good of a job as 
as that as a killing one or two people that break into your house or whatever the reason is that you need a gun than than a than an ar-15 do, do you guys know where i can find a gun that can shoot a giant net and like you know what i'm talking about like i think it's in, in the, the in 1980s cartoons yeah yeah <laughs> yo, yo i would rock around with that gun and i would shoot someone and then put them in a net and then just have everyone laugh at them like look at this fucking bitch <laughs> covered in a net Oh man, yeah, that would be uh, that. That worked for me. <laughs> Yo, yeah, I the mean, world's problems. But see, I'm preaching all this shit. But meanwhile, in Canada, we just had our biggest mass shooting ever the other day. Yeah, and, that uh, was wild. It's up to 22 people. When we did the podcast, it was up to whatever it was, 16, I think. And then yeah. he did it in so many different scenes that they they're just still trying to count all the bodies. The dude posed they- as a cop. He went around pulling people over and killing them at random. That's fucked up. So his motivation was it, it, he didn't target anyone specific. That's right. He was just, so this is just senseless, senseless rampage. Yeah. Yep. And chances are, not that it matters, but chances are he didn't use an AR-15. So you're already seeing gun fanatics saying, well, look at this guy. He didn't, uh, he didn't have those weapons. They could still commit these murders if they wanted to anyway. And it's like, yeah, that's a, it's also extremely rare that that, that that's happened and this is the first of its kind and that's the shitty thing whenever there's one there's going to be someone else is going to say hey that's a good idea i'm a fucking idiot and uh it's just nova scotia is where the nicest people in the world live you know that's a place where uh he wouldn't even need to be a cop he could have just been a stranded motorist and people would have stopped for him you know and every single person there over the top kind you know, like if you're stranded on the side of the road now, will they stop? They'll be like, okay, well, you, do you need a place to stay? You want something to eat? I can take you back and we can make some. And it's not like a creepy serial killer, you know, Detroit type thing. It's a, uh, it's genuine kind human beings. And that's why it sucks that it, that it sucks when it happens anywhere, but especially there. I don't know, man. Well, that act definitely changed is going to change Nova Scotia culture because now there's going to be people that are like, yo, I'm not going to be nice anymore fuck that shit. I'm rolling with a gun in my car. If a cop pulls me over, I'm going to have the gun right here and I'm going to see who he is. You know, so the definitely uh, precautions are going to be made now. Mm-hmm. And it just, that act totally fucked up and disrupted the culture of Nova Scotia. Yeah, you're right. I could totally see that. And like my dad is a, is an RCMP officer and he was even stationed in Nova Scotia for a few years and like the worst thing he had to do is like take a, a bottle out of someone's hand and tell someone that their dog is barking too loud you know <laughs> like it's not <laughs> and they send them the SWAT team <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put the bottle down <laughs> and then he does and like all right see you bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah he goes i don't want to it's like all right guys let's get out of here <laughs> back up their shit yeah i bet you the SWAT vehicles in nova scotia have dust on them <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt uh, and it's just it's just like a clown car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wind-up clown. <laughs> uh, but that that's a place where people don't lock their doors, you know? It, and you're right. Like, it is probably going to change the whole culture there, which, which breaks my heart because it's just such a – like, it looks like it looks like the coast of Ireland, too. It's just this beautiful place that people don't really know about, it seems like. Uh, despite how awesome it is there and then fucking this happens and i I don't want to comment too much on it because they're still investigating it and i don't know shit about what actually happened so yeah yeah (laughs) they start asking you (laughs) yeah oh yeah people are doing that they're like hey this happened in canada hey this happened in nova scotia because i have connections there and everything and it's like okay well you know i'll talk about it on the podcast but i'm not just about what's the information that's out there but there's not enough to really make uh any kind of comment on it you know, other than just address how shitty it is. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the only, the only comment I would say is that it's just a senseless violence. That's just in the same line and same lieu of people that are just mental health and just sick. Right. And, and that's, that's the argument that you'll hear a lot of people defending guns will make is uh, well, it's not a gun issue. It's a mental health issue. And that's okay. I totally get that. It is. These people are not mentally fit. However, What's being done about that? What's being done about, especially in America? Like, 
I know it sounds kind of like I'm contradicting myself because it just happened in Canada. So theoretically it could happen anywhere, but at least, at least Canada has ac- easier access to mental health care than Americans do. Um, so people yeah. touting America, like, uh, uh, it's a mental health issue. It's like, well, what are we doing about that? Like, it's, it's really hard for people to get that type of, to, to, for them to get the care they need. And are you advocating for that? Or are you advocating for the weapon used in these murders? Mm. So it's, when, when people say it's a mental health issue, I hope that they're advocating for stronger mental health, stronger access to it for everybody. Cause if you're doing that, then okay, great. But if you're not, it's just a copy-paste argument that you're making to defend the gun. Yeah, it's, it's a great talking point. It's one of those things where, like, you say it out loud and you're like, you feel like you're actually, you know, doing something without having done anything at all. Like, oh, we, we, yeah, we, we, as long as we take care of this issue, you know, we need to take care of these people. Yeah, that sounds really good. Let's do that. And then, like, a week later, happens all over again. And then it's just the same argument. It repeats itself. Right. And it, it it is circular because it does it keeps happening over and over and over again here, and it's 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 the point where it's like our, nothing's going to happen. Dana Gould said this; it was one of the most tragic statements I've ever heard. It was after Sandy Hook. He said, "Okay, if we're not going to make any gun legislation and stronger laws after a room full of kindergartners are died, we're never going to." You know, mm. and here we are. Ever since then, in 2013, the, the record for the biggest mass shooting has been broken over and over and over and over again. And something like 25 out of the top 30 mass shootings have been done uh, in, in the last 15 years. You know, so it's a, it's a big trend and people are getting more efficient at it. And, um, and, and the crazy thing is, I do understand that mass shootings only make up a very, very small percentage of gun deaths which is a weird talking point that gun fanatics like to point out. They're like, well, these mass shootings only make up a tiny fraction of gun deaths. The reality is people are getting gunned down all the time every day. And it's like, okay, that's not, that's not the best point that you want to make, but yeah, you're right. So I agree. We should take away guns. Brandon, you worried about that? Uh, I mean, like I'm not worried about, people taking guns away like i'm not going to go that far again like i think that's just something that people using as is an excuse to like go out and you know with their tactical gear on and wave their american flags and their jacked up pickup trucks and and all that shit to like yell and scream so they can show their shit off to everybody i I don't think anyone's truly worried about their shit being taken away why are they doing that why are they protesting the coronavirus with their ar-15s and full tactical gear (laughs) yeah bro it's like and no mask like you remember I, I was a ninja for halloween when i was like eight and i remember putting that on putting on the uniform and it's like all right i'm about to be a ninja is that what they're doing when they put on all this tactical shit it's like all right you know shit might go down and it's like okay yeah. if shit goes down you're going to prison for murder like that's you're, you yeah. don't have a license to kill they let you carry that stupid thing and you you look ridiculous and then they're on top of it all they're wearing masks protesting opening america but they got to cover up their faces while they're doing it just in case they catch that rona yeah it's like why would i open up america because you said so like you look like <laughs> a white ninja with a gun <laughs> yeah. you don't have any shooting stars no staff it's a fucking bazooka <laughs> like dude man it's i i mean it's 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 all about the way you go about your statement like these are people that want america to be open because they want to get back to work they and their idea of doing that is yo if we if we get some news coverage because that's really i think the really one of the only ways to get shit done is the more people that talk about it the more something happens like Mm -hmm. carol like if tiger king's whole purpose was to get carol baskin investigated for the murder of her husband, then Tiger King will be considered somewhat of a success because mm. it opened up that conversation. So no doubt. their idea of wearing masks and having guns is a very uh, flamboyant, huge, like massive detail that people are going to start talking about. It's such an extra detail, you know? Right. And so I get it. Like doing that will get you coverage and we'll get people to start talking about it. But that's not how you want to start this conversation, you know, and 
that's not a peaceful protest. Like a peaceful protest could probably accomplish the same thing. Like stop putting your agenda with what you're trying to accomplish because they don't go hand in hand. Your idea is to open up a country, standing outside with American flag as a mask and holding a huge weapon is only going to make people fearful and afraid of you. Right. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think the wrong it's tactic. Uh, yeah, I, I think maybe it's the people who, who never made it in the military and they just want to play, uh, you know, G.I. Joe for a day. It's yeah. open mic military. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, like, I, there's, what would get people to reopen the economy? Like, what, what can they really do? I mean, protesting isn't, it might work, it might not, but what, what is going to get them to open up the economy, in your opinion, Paul? Well, I would say uh, two things. I think it's important to remember what the internet did. When the internet first came out, a lot of people adjusted, adapted, and they found a way to use the internet to their advantage. Mm -hmm. So going out right now is an issue. I think people need to realize that there's going to be new methods of economic growth through the internet, through Zoom, through this, like what we're doing. There's a lot of job openings that are going to happen. And there's a lot of people that are going to take advantage of this opportunity and the economy can still grow, but maybe not in the means that we're set up for, which is to be out in person and do whatever. I mean, there's, there's other ways. So I think the first thing is to identify what ways people can work from home to uh, provide economic growth and how we can get people to spend money, give money, make money, and basically have our economy moving. So I think that conversation needs to happen. And I think a lot of experts and, digital marketing and uh, need to step up and figure out ways to educate others. And I think the second thing is that there needs to be a test given to everybody mailed to their house. I agree. Especially Everyone, when they just did the census, they know how many people are in there and yeah, I totally agree. Testing is. is yeah. So testing is it, bro. Yeah, bro. How like we need to, and then, the uh, Trevor Noah brought up a good point. He goes, but then it raises this question. Let's say there's someone who has the antibodies, right? Now, let's say you, Dave, you don't have the antibodies. You're going to want to get coronavirus so you can have the antibodies so then you can go outside. So then there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be intentionally trying to get coronavirus mm. so they can have the antibodies. It's like the chicken pox. They're going to have a coronavirus party. Everybody comes and coughs on each other. <laughs> exactly bang, bang starts at nine <laughs> eastern <laughs> <Brandon> standard <laughs> yes, yes eastern standard time in person though not over zoom yeah, yeah but we'll sell tickets to it over zoom that's <laughs> where we can make some money uh, yeah absolutely so yeah, right. internet <laughs> innovation right there so there's another question so if if you have the antibodies and you're allowed out and if you don't you have to stay in that would mean that you have to carry some kind of documentation with you to prove that you, you can be out. Yeah. And I think the documentation should be a them. cool. I think the documentation should be a cool neck tat, like right over <laughs> here that says antibodies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And whatever font you want, like you get that old font yeah. <laughs> means you got the antibodies in jail. Yeah. I'm gonna get mine in wingdings. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, oh, is that Syrian? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, and I have a Skittle bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm a sour Skittle, baby. But how do you how do you think they would enforce that though? Would they have would they have like Rona checkers? Like at I, uh, at entrances? Would they have them on the on the street? Would they have roadblocks? How would they enforce that? Well, they actually have a scanner that can actually scan your arm, right? And it basically scans your DNA somehow of your blood, and it basically can tell you if you have the antibodies. And while it's great that we have that technology and it's very useful, there are too many Americans who will not allow someone with a scanner to scan their DNA and have that information on them. Totally, and then they won't be allowed into the nightclub. You know, they're yeah. going <laughs> to have to but go somewhere else. That's what I'm worried about when you see the people protesting with their guns, and it's like they're, they're going to get their way. They're going to make their way into society one way or the other. Either, and, and I just don't picture those are the type of people, that libertarian type of thing, where they, they don't want to be 
on the government's radar with things like DNA and they don't want to be tested. They don't want to carry documentation because that's the whole concept of America, right? Is we're, we're a free country. And if you have to carry around documentation to prove that you're even, even a legal citizen, even if you're uh, uh, what, whatever immigrant you are, if you have a green card, you have to carry that on your person at all times. And, you know, nobody has a problem with that, but Americans would have a problem proving that they're, uh, that, that they're free of the coronavirus, you know? Yeah, I guess they should just have it on their driver's license. Just have a stamp that says, like, organ donor. Have but one that like, says antibodies. Right, yeah. That'd be, that'd be all right. Brandon, would you be okay with that? Uh, I, I guess. I mean, it'd be one more thing for the DMV to fuck up, though, and then uh, cause <laughs> you to spend another five hours in line. But, yeah, sure, why the hell, why not? Yeah, yeah. That's that's really the the move. We need to we need to identify who has it, who doesn't. And by the way, this whole process is going to massively massively disrupt the fabric of America and the world. Mm-hmm. It's just that, it's just that like you said, there's going to be people that don't want to get scanned. They're going to say I don't want to get fucking scanned. There's going to be people that are going to say I have I don't care. I don't I don't care. Like kind of like someone driving without a driver's license. They're like, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it anyway. Or yeah. someone who, yeah. So there's always going to be rebellious people. that are going to do what they want anyway. So right. I think we're going to go through a period where there is going to be rebellious people that are going to be like, yo, fuck a test. Fuck coronavirus. I don't care if I get it. I'm still going to go out. I'm going to go to a restaurant. And those people are going to, we, we need to level with these people and help these people. So yeah. how we do that is, uh, you know, there's thousands of theories. Yeah, and the and the problem is, yeah, well, and the, the, yeah, the problem is right now you have those people that are are rebelling against this and the ones that are going out doing the protest, and their whole thing is like, yeah, we can't stay shut down forever, or we can't have our own freedoms, uh, you know, impeded on forever, but they're not looking at the bigger picture. It's like, all right, you go out now, and you're gonna have literally like tens of thousands more deaths, you know, within the, within the next few weeks, if everybody just starts going out and infecting everybody. So like people, people just are looking at the short term when they, uh, you know, when they start getting rebellious about this type of stuff. Mm. Oh, you know, my buddy actually said a really interesting theory where he mentioned that what coronavirus did was accelerate what society was already kind of putting in motion, which was stay at home. A lot of people are working from home. Mm. A lot of people aren't even going to the grocery store anymore. They're getting groceries sent to them. People were already not really going out that much. And this is probably like basically accelerated what was inevitable, probably next maybe 200 years, which is very few people go out. Obviously people still go to restaurants and go to clubs and watch comedy, but there was a big amount of people, man. That were like, yo, fuck outside. I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a good way to tell the times is by memes. You know, you look at <laughs> memes when times were good. You look at memes when times were bad. And right now, memes are all about that staying inside. It's like, here's a picture of uh, Netflix asking, "Are you still watching?" And it's me. It's, it's a pig with a trail of Doritos around me. Yeah, that's me staying at home. And now that you have to do it, it's like, oh man, I don't want to be that pig with the Doritos. But yeah, it's. I totally agree with that. We are becoming more and more lazy and more uh like every single innovation like amazon arguably the biggest innovation uh in the last for for a very long time it's just a way to make people lazier every single invention that comes out from now on is just a way to make people lazier do less with this you know correct and and the next big invention is just going to be a way to order all your amazon crap by grunting you know it's like, oh, toilet paper right to your door. It's like, oh, good. Here's a billion dollars to that inventor. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then, you know, some guys just like, nar, nar. and then it's like red ballpoint pen. It's like, no, I, I want it blue. All right, Brandon, you know what? Zoom needs a, a timer on this because I don't know how long we've been we've been at it so we're just gonna um 
We're just going to eyeball it's it. It's been roughly about an hour or so. I mean, we're, we're good, I think. All right, Brandon, so. give us the uh, – so we do a little thing here on the Valley Boys where we read out uh, three news stories. Well, Brandon does, and you and I have to guess where it came from. So it's either California man, Florida man, or Canada man. Okay. Uh, Florida, California, Canada. Yes. Yeah, and uh, each story, it, it could be from anywhere. You could have three from Florida. You could have one of these stories be from each place. So um, it's not always the same place. So are yeah, you ready, no process sir? of elimination. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm good at this. All right. First story. Man arrested after blowing .339 on golf cart. Did that happen on in uh, California, Florida, or Canada? Breathalyzer test of .339 on a golf cart. Well, okay. Well, I'm just going to assume I don't think uh, Florida people are – you know what? I'm going to go California just because it seems like a snooty thing. Like I, I could imagine this like fat older dude with like a, probably like a Rolex that's like hairy ass wrists and he's got yeah. drunk as fuck. And then he just like started draw, driving around the golf cart, probably, you know, screaming racist slurs. And then eventually got pulled over. <laughs> Get rid of those Syrians. Or in Florida, that's what he was driving on the street. And this wasn't on a golf course. <laughs> yeah, so was this on a golf course? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no, it was. Yard? No, it was actually. Uh, it, was, it was down a state highway uh, before uh, the guy turned. All to, right. Uh, Florida man. Yeah, I yeah. agree with Paul. Florida. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> For context, that's the the legal limit is point zero eight, and if he's at point three, that's uh, about four it, times the legal limit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was on his way. He's well over four for sure. He was on his way to pick up some more beer. <laughs> yeah, pr yeah, probably. That was probably him pre-gaming. Yeah, 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 down in Florida for sure. Was his name oh. Shitty Dick? <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say yes if uh, Dick went down to Florida for vacation, but he usually comes out here. He would be that guy in Palm Springs with the airy arms. So, <laughs> all right. Next story. Man encases arms in concrete and protest of prison conditions during pandemic. Did that happen in California, Florida, or Canada? I'm going to go with California just because he has access to being able to pour concrete. I feel like in Florida, you have, you have a pickaxe and a shovel. That's all you're allowed to work with. And it's to dig holes. They don't, uh, they don't get to do shit out there. California, man. All right, Paul. Well, yeah, this, this prison inmate sounds like he's about change. And I love his protest. And I feel like he was probably an ex-movie star. And he was trying to put his hands in the concrete, like how they do on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and he's like the man at Shawshank or whatever prison he's in. So I'm going to say California. No, no. Uh, this, this particular uh, uh, Willie Dufresne was, uh, yeah, it was in Florida. Yeah, no, oh. no, no. Florida. Yep. I feel like Florida's the answer to all of these. Yeah, we yeah got it, was, it, was, it was near uh, Tallahassee, which is... I mean, that's the other redneck. That's part. redneckville. Like, yeah. yeah. You ever yeah. been there, Paul? Tallahassee? Never, man. Ooh, you're not missing much. And Jacksonville, where they're opening up those beaches. Jacksonville is where every Florida man story comes from, I feel like. Yeah, yeah I've been to Jacksonville and I've been to Miami. Miami's way different. That's, that's, that place is cool. But Jacksonville, I had a good time there. Partied with people. It was great. But when I was out and about in the, in the city itself, it was hilarious. So anyways, Brandon, you got one more for us? Yeah, last one here. Man faces kidnapping charge after holding photographer at knife point. Well, I can say for sure he wasn't happy with his headshots. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, well, at knife point. So that's obviously, why I say Canada. That's why I say Canada. That's <laughs> 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 Yo, Canada. He has, a, he has a moose antler that he's holding him hostage with. <laughs> Just like whittled it down and yeah. single moose antler. Now no, you listen this, here. <laughs> Don't no, tell me California. One, yeah, this one was right in our backyard of California. This was uh, during those protests down in Huntington Beach. Oh, who is the photographer taking pictures of like? Yeah, it was. Protesting? Well, it was. Yeah, it was a news photographer. Uh, yeah, worked for Fox Eleven. Damn. And they held him at knife point because they didn't like the pictures? 
I, I guess, or didn't like being photographed. Well, it was later oh, at night. Okay. It said he got arrested at like, I don't know, seven or eight o'clock. So he's probably already nice and liquored up by that point. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what the masks are for. If nothing else, it hides your identity. Yeah. yeah. Damn. All Yo, right. man, we, I, 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 we, we one for three, huh? Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah, it's the way it goes. Sometimes uh, people just, three. <laughs> people embody <laughs> the spirit of Florida man out here in California and vice versa. So <laughs> right on. Well, Paul, it was awesome having you on. It's good seeing you again. Uh, we'll have to rock another show together once all this bullshit's over. Yeah, man. Can't wait, bro. And honestly, dude, you can shit on my stage anytime. <laughs> you too, Brandon. If you Don't guys want to do me. a dual shit, <laughs> you guys yeah, want to yeah, shit at each other. Dueling assholes. <laughs> Paul, where can we find you online? Man, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, Paul Elia, E-L-I-A. Uh, I drop a bunch of clips on my Instagram. Check that out. And I'm going to be on season two of Rami coming out in May. Check that out. Nice. Uh, yeah, man. That's, All right. uh, that's everything. Yep. All right. Man. All right. Well, we are for... the Valley Boys. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Goodbye.